Hey, my name is Drew Naska. Thanks for checking out the Relate Church podcast. I pray that you're blessed and encouraged by this week's message from our current series called Surviving the Holidays. I feel like it's always appropriate to give honor where honor is due. And today is Veterans Day. I want to have an opportunity to honor some of our veterans. Can we can we ask our veterans? We're already done uncomfortable things this morning. Can we ask our veterans to, to stand up so that we can honor you well? If there's any vets in the room, as they come to their feet, can we, can we thank them for their service to our country? Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all so much all around. We appreciate your, we appreciate your service. And, um, yeah, no idea what it could be like to make the sacrifices you all have made and continue to make. And even some of the, uh, you know, some of the things that you carry on through life because of your service and because of what you've experienced. So I have a, a little more empathy for. I didn't grow up in a military town, but as a pastor of a military church, you know, you feel it when the families go away, or or someone goes to deploy and they don't come back, or they come back different. You go, man, what must this mean for the family? So not only the, those who have served, but your families as well. We just we honor you and we thank you so much for the the price that not only you've paid, but you continue to pay. We're we're extremely extremely grateful for our vets. So um, today we we want to uh, continue in this series uh, from called Surviving the Holidays. And maybe that sounds a little weird to you. Maybe you're like Surviving the Holidays. I thrive in the holidays. How many have already like noticed Christmas music came on like last Monday? It's on the radio. It's there. <laughs> I turned it on, I was like, what is this? Let's just go with it. Let's just go with it. So I, I, I stuck with it for about a day, and I'm like, I need a break. Let's celebrate Thanksgiving before we get to, get to Christmas. Holidays are fantastic. Um, but also we want to acknowledge that holidays are also really, really difficult times for people. Um, it's a really high um, suicide rate around the holidays as well. And so we, I think as a church, we'd be insensitive to not go, what's, what's the deal? You know, how can we... How can we see what's going on and, and get a pulse on society and what people are going through? And how can we infuse hope and really ask the Holy Spirit for guidance? Is, is I think people are looking for guidance as well. So today, this is my uh, attempt, um, as we talk a little bit about grief and as we talk a little bit about loss, um, really leaning into the Holy Spirit on this one and pray that people leave uh, with some tools in their hands, not just some inspiration. Inspiration won't get you very far. If you come back from maybe vacation or you come back from a conference, I, I feel like my unprofessional numbers say you got about 24 hours of inspiration. You come back from vacation refreshed, we're going to make all kinds of changes, I'm going to do life differently for about 24 hours. <laughs> it's, like, it's like New Year's, it's like January, like January, new things, I'm reading books, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to start eating healthy for about three weeks. <laughs> Inspiration will only get you so far, but I'd rather send you home with some tools today. And the tools we're talking about are, I'm not inventing, they come up with anything new, they, they come from this Bible, that's who we preach here at Relate Church, is Jesus. It's only, it's only Him, it's only the blood of Jesus that we can have, we have forgiveness, that we can walk in power, that we can walk in freedom. It's only Jesus. So we're going to talk about Jesus a little bit today. And if you're new to church and you say, listen, I don't fully subscribe to your belief system, listen, you don't have to fully believe to fully belong. Please, we welcome you as you are, whatever stage in your faith journey, wherever you're at with God, wherever, even your, your, your questions, Jesus can deal with your questions. So please be a part of the conversation. We're happy to have you. First Thessalonians 4.13. This is kind of a long uh, bit of verse here, so, so hang on. Um, I feel like there's a lot of unpacking that happens here. It says this in 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Brothers and sisters, so that covers everybody in the room. Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, 
In some translations it says we don't want you to be ignorant, just not knowing of those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Grief is a real thing. The Bible talks about grief a good bit. Grief is a part of, a part of life. Um, to whatever level you've experienced grief today, everybody's experienced different levels. And today it's like, we do grieve, but we don't have to grieve like the rest of the world does as those with no hope. We have hope, and that's the message of today, is just that we have hope in Jesus. He said, we don't grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. And that might be a tool right there when someone's grieving as you, through compassion and through love, being able to say, listen, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. Some people grieve like it's just, that's it. Hope has left their body, left the room. We don't grieve as those who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. So those who have passed their believers, Jesus is going to bring them back. They sleep in, they're coming back. And, um, and Jesus, is the, Jesus talks about bringing them back first. And so we believe God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep. And in verse 15, according to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive are still are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Amen. They get a first row viewing. We bet Jesus is coming, they come first. They're like, yes, let's do this. Haven't been forgotten. It's not just a memorial. This is going to be crazy. It's going to be amazing. Verse 17, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Verse 18, therefore, all that in there is, okay, because of that, therefore, encourage one another with these words. It's like, here's some truth and perspective. Encourage each other. People will need courage. You have to take the courage and encourage them. Put the courage in them with these words. That Listen, this is not how it wraps up. Death is not final. Death is not final for those who have received Christ. Listen, Jesus, when He comes back, He's coming back with those who have passed. And we're going to meet Him up in the skies. Amen. Pretty epic. And they're like, hey, that's Grandma. Grandma's with Jesus. I see her. Loved ones who passed. Sons, daughters, loved ones, whatever it is. Amen. And this is amazing meeting place. You're like, they're already with Jesus. They beat us to the How did you get to see him first? It's just like it kind of already infuses hope that like even when it looks done, it's not done. Um, death for the, for the one who's, who's received Christ, it's just, not, it's just not over. We don't grieve as those who have no hope. So picture today, whatever that, that maybe that person that's passed, that lost, whatever it is, they're with Jesus. Jesus is going to, the trumpet's going to go. It's going to wrap up. And we're like, they're already there with Jesus. That's amazing. Paul knew we'd struggle with grief, and his final, the words from this are a reminder to us, hey, people will struggle with grief. Today, this is not a one-time cure-all, fix-all for grief. It's a, here's some tools to encourage each other with. He's helping us to get and gain a healthy perspective. Today's message title, if you're note-takers in the house, and by the way, note-takers, just they get best seats in heaven, by the way, I've heard they, they're really close. Jesus, did you take notes? Okay, come close, come close, front row, red pillows, everyone. And um, the red pillow reference are these premium seating. By the way, we don't have premium seating in our new building. The red pillows have to stay here. You don't get to take your pillow with you. But let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you 
for this time we have together. We thank you for uh, an amazing season in the life of the church. We're grateful to be a part of it. Speaking of the church, Lord, we thank you for all the churches, Lord, in our community. In Pooler and Savannah, Lord, all across this place, Lord. We pray that, that for every single church this morning, that Jesus would be proclaimed. People will come to know you. Lives will be changed. Forgiveness will be extended. Lord, we pray for our friend Pastor Matt Hearn at Gateway Church right now, Lord God, who's just been battling cancer, battling for his life. We pray healing over his body in Jesus' name. We thank you for the leadership around him, Lord God. We thank you for Sam Martin, Lord God, who stepped up as a pastor and staff. Lord, we pray for all the support staff and everyone in that church, Lord God, to be strong and of great courage, Lord. We thank you, God, that you're the giver of life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. A good amen. We got a good amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Uh, so today's title, like I said, is, is Remember Your Training. And I have no military training, so this is kind of my references will be limited to TV and movies. <laughs> Your training goes beyond mine. I'll just start with that so you don't have any great expectations. Um, if any training that we have that we'll get here is maybe a spiritual training, because that's all we're talking about is spiritual stuff. But as the holidays, as the holidays come, I, you know, I, I love, I've talked about loving Thanksgiving and loving Christmas and all the holidays. And you get in a certain flow. We listen to old Christmas music around the holidays. And I started thinking about, you know, with Christmas, there's Christmas movies, but around Thanksgiving, there's like, not Thanksgiving specific, there are Thanksgiving specific, but I get nostalgic around Thanksgiving. You kind of, instead of people watching their own shows on their own television, it comes to that moment where we all watch some kind of throwback show together. I think of like old movies that you grew up watching, like Back to the Future, greatest movie ever made, my favorite. Back to the Future, you think of like the Goonies, Indiana Jones, and the Karate Kid. Not no remakes, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel Sun, like those ones. Don't give me no remakes of the Karate Kid, leave it alone. I love Jackie Chan and all, but listen, stick with those ones. And so I think about these movies around this time of year, and it's like, guys, we're watching this. Even if you hadn't watched it in years, you get together, and you think about, I don't know, it just makes you feel like a kid, because it's, oh yeah, the holidays, and the nostalgic thing, and Karate Kid's one of my favorite movies. And one of the scenes in the movie, there's so many good ones, and, and actually, as I was YouTubing some of these clips, I was like, wow, there's a lot of cussing, and I can play no, none of these clips in church. And you're like, okay, so I'll just re-enact re it to the best of my ability, or, you know, maybe not react it, but... There's a scene where, um, y'all know it, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel's son, and Daniel's son is trying to um, learn some karate, defend himself, and Mr. Miyagi has somehow signed him up for a tournament against somebody who already has experience. And Daniel's like, I already got his butt kicked by these guys. He's like, I need some training, Mr. Miyagi. Show me some stuff. And what does he do? He just makes him, you know, DIY his house. He turns into HGTV over there. It's like, I want an open concept and lots of, you know, more like a farmhouse style. You know, Daniel's son just starts painting fences and sanding floors, and he's like, where's the heavy bags, and when do I get to, where's my black belt, you know? Nothing is making sense. He's just getting, Mr. Miyagi is just putting him to work. And eventually Daniel is super frustrated, and he's like, Come on, man, like, what are we doing? I'm done being your DIY boy. I'm going to the house. And in a way, like, Mr. Miyagi goes, Daniel-san, and he calls him back. And he brings him through. He's like, show me paint the fence, you know? And he's, and he's, what? He's like, no, not like that. And he's like, show me, no, side to side. And he starts bringing him back to these things. And Daniel's frustrated. Mr. Miyagi is like, let me just take you to school for a minute. And he starts connecting the dots. Show me wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. 
My son's got that attitude. I'm like, I'll show you. Wax on, wax on. Watch Daniel's son. We're watching Karate Kid right now. Mr. Malky's like, come on, man, pay attention. I'm gonna, this is going to make sense. And then he starts showing him, and he starts showing how it's blocks. It's blocking kicks and blocking punches, and Daniel starts having his light bulb moment. He's like, oh, wow. And he just mouthed off and got real mouthy and disrespectful. Mr. Malky's a storm out. And all of a sudden, he goes, oh, he was training me for something. This trial, these blisters, and this sore back, it all it wasn't just to, for, for nothing. And oftentimes the trials or the pains or whatever it is we go through, your scars, your blisters, your sore back, whatever it is, the lip that you still walk with, that you're just like, golly. It's, it's all God used, and all things, God works together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. Amen. And all things, not just the things that God caused. Because oftentimes the devil causes some things. Oftentimes we cause some things. Anybody just do yeah. stupid stuff occasionally? Right. Yeah. 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 I got scars on my body that were self-inflicted because I was a dummy. I just wasn't paying attention. But in all things, even if the devil said something to mess you up today, God can redeem that. Even if you made a bad decision, God can redeem that. Because that falls under all things. Amen. All things. God's working together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. And I'm just going to say, that's you people. Love Him, called according to His purposes. And so Daniel's son is doing all these silly things, but Miyagi kind of being the master, he's like, this is all going to make sense. And he kind of frustrated and shows him, I've been training you. See how you block that? See how you block that? Oh, Daniel eats some humble pie like we all have. We'll come back to the rest of that story in a minute. But it's like one of these remember your training and he, and he puts it in place. So today we'll talk about some of our, our training a little bit. And it's funny as we reference old movies like this. Daniel, that movie is like 34 years old. And we don't go, that's old. Why would you keep watching a 34-year-old movie? It's like, oh, it makes us nostalgic and it's, it's kind of cool. You, you know, it makes you feel like a kid again or whatever age you were when you saw that movie. And so this time of year is a kind of a reflecting time to look back. Holidays make you look back, right? Maybe you travel back to the, your home, the house you grew up in, or whatever it is. Or maybe the kids come home to your house they grew up in. Everything kind of feels nostalgic. And this week I was in line uh, to vote. I was in line for about 17 hours, it felt like. <laughs> that was about two and a half hours, though. And I was in line, and I was talking to the lady next to me, and as we kind of took a step and just kept going, looking at our watches, she opened up and she was talking a little bit about grief this week. Um, as a mother who had lost... Not one, but two children, two adult children. And you're just like, oh my gosh. And you're just hearing the story and, and just shaking your head and not saying, not saying I know what you're feeling, because I don't. Not saying, oh yeah, that, that. Just going, I have no idea how that must feel to be uh, an adult and, and you know, bury a child. No, no idea, no concept. And she's like, yeah, and it's been four years, it's been five years. And the grief group I go to, she's like, I'm kind of the young one there. There's people there that lost kids 20 years ago. And unfortunately, in our minds, who maybe have not experienced loss like that, like 20 years, like haven't you? You know what I mean? You want to be like, hey, are you any better? Are you moving on? And that's obviously the wrong thing to say, extremely insensitive, by the way, if somebody shares that story. In the same way, we wouldn't stop watching a movie that we saw 34 years ago. Certain times of year you watch it and you tune in. People's grief, especially around the holidays, is like it happened yesterday. It brings you right back to the fact that somebody's missing around the dinner table. Somebody's missing their life. And it's not just a death. It's, it's a big a broken marriage. It's just this, things got complicated now. Things look different. And if anything, as a church, we should have the greatest gift of empathy to be able to empathize with people. Amen. And we should have the gift of 
encouragement. And you don't have to know exactly, exactly what they've gone through to be able to encourage, to be able to pray, to be able to just listen. Oftentimes, that's the greatest thing you can do. Nine times out of ten as a pastor, I'm listening to complicated situations. I have no idea. I'm like, God, I have no idea. But I will, I'll listen. I'm really leaning into the Holy Spirit because I'm so aware that this is above my experience level. This is above my pay grade, God. But I'll listen to the Holy Spirit and pray to God. You remind me of something from here to say. Because my natural instinct is like, yeah, my cat died once. I mean, we say stuff like that, you know. We just, we're trying to empathize, but we got nothing without the Holy Spirit. We're just like, God, I'm leaning into you so much right now for this. So the question kind of is like, you know, how do we deal with grief? And I've heard a lot of bad stories of people who are like, man, it's, it's, it's alcohol abuse and it turns into alcoholism. It's drug, drug abuse. Some people, it's through dealing with the depression, they find themselves in a place of suicidal thoughts and even people taking their own lives. They put a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And then God's like, no, 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 I got something, I got something so much better for you in mind. So today, uh, I would be foolish to assume that nobody in a room like this has struggles with those thoughts of maybe suicide or maybe ending your life, whatever it is. But don't let the devil sell you this permanent, such a permanent, terrible solution to your temporary place. God wants to acknowledge the pain you're in, acknowledge the frustration, the loss, acknowledge it, and also bring healing to it so there can be restoration. You may feel like there's no end in sight, but God would say today, let me show you a glimmer of hope today. Fix your eyes on me. And I pray today that there's hope in these words, that you can see his hope, his, his healing is not as far off as it may feel. Fear story today. How, so how do we deal with grief? It's not ignoring it. It's not dwelling it on it. It's not medicating it away. But God does have some tools. It says this in 1 Peter 1, 3-7. It says, Praise be to God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into living hope. Not just inspiration, but living hope. Do you know Jesus is our living hope? He died, He was resurrected, and He's still living. He's in heaven, He sent the Holy Spirit to remind us, you have a living hope. And the Holy Spirit live inside of you. God, I need hope today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Lord, I ask you to fill me with new hope, fresh hope. I'm discouraged. I feel this way. But then we're reminded, oh my gosh, I have a living hope inside of me. And it's a change in perspective and your spirit will lift. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? Yeah. yeah, and sometimes it's not just feeling it. Sometimes you've got to stir it up. You've got to get prayed up. God, I'm going to keep praying until my feelings catch up with what I know. Is that I know that I have a living hope inside here somewhere. You ever wake up and like that? I think I have the Holy Spirit in me. The Word of God says, but I don't know. I don't feel Him. And that's the spiritual kind of tool is knowing how to stir it up. Stir up the gifts that have been imparted to us. If you've received the Holy Spirit, God, I'm just going to hone in. I'm going to get quiet and ask you. And I think oftentimes, it's not the inspirational, it's not the big worship moments. It's simply getting quiet enough for the Holy Spirit to say, Hey, I'm still here. I haven't left you. I got you. I love you. I'm not leaving you. And in that assurance, in the quiet and the still place, we're reminded that we have a living hope. We have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power into the coming salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Point number one is this is that we can grieve, but remember that we have a living hope. We have a living hope. 
And the Holy Spirit that you may experience in, in worship on a Sunday and encouragement, He's accessible all week long. The same power is there all the time for you to tap into. You can take Him with you when you leave. You can stir it up. Say, God, I believe you've left the Holy Spirit in me. Please, I, I just need to know. And, and that assurance that you're with me right now. And I believe He'll show up every single time. Verse 6 says, in all this, somebody say all this. All this. Say it with some like frustrate, all this. All this. Gee, <laughs> maybe next time I won't ask you to do the discouraged voice. <laughs> we can have these all this moments. You can walk in from a crazy week in this house, but like in all this, God, all this mess, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though, for a little while. Somebody say a little while. A little while. This is good. In all this, for a little while, not always, not forever, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. This is not some fake faith. This is not someone just don't, no, no, don't say it. It's not, no, grief is real, pain is real, hard seasons, breakdowns in life, poor decisions, all real. This isn't some fake thing where we just, no, 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 don't say it. It's not real. It's only great. We're all billionaires for Jesus in Jesus' name. Okay, you know, I mean, positive confession is fantastic, but I love the little bit of acknowledgement right here. So for a little while, you've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Sometimes simply acknowledging what you're going through is terrible. And this grief, and this is, this is an extended trial. And just acknowledging, somebody going, that person who gets acknowledged, it's like, thank you for acknowledging that this is tough. There's an acknowledgement here that I think is part of part of grief and part of God's deal is to acknowledge grief, not to dismiss it, not to say, move on, get going, pick yourself up. This is, this is rooted in compassion and grace. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold. God didn't cause these things, but he can use them to bring forth something far more valuable and greater than gold. Refining of your faith, the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. The gold of God is turning pain into praise. This is, this is the most valuable thing. He says it's worth far more than gold is when you allow God to take your pain and turn it into praise. Well, you don't have to have the problem resolved to say, God, I give you the glory. I'm totally broken, totally hurting, totally feel destroyed, but I'm going to give you praise anyways. And in those moments, God is, God is just turning it into like a, a spiritual gold in your life that you're able to wor worship and not based on circumstances. It's great to worship after the fact. Now, I've had so many big prayers answered. I'm like, God, I'm so thankful. This is great. I'm walking on, walking on clouds. And then I was like, God, forgive me. Because I realize I'm super praising because you showed up on something. It's circumstantial praise. We're all guilty. Of course we want to give extra special praise when something amazing is happening. But how do we praise when something terrible has happened? We, we grow in those moments. Sometimes we don't. But praise is, is a practice and it's a discipline. And as we praise through the hard times, it produces, produces gold in our lives, spiritually speaking. The goal of God is turning pain into praise. And that's called redemption. Of course you have pain in your life. Guys, as I see your pain, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, through the Holy Spirit, give you a grace to praise through it. And even that thing that was done to you, taken from you, said about you, 
God's like, if you give me that, we can turn this pain into praise. That's called redemption. God doesn't want to leave that hurt. It's just a hurt. He's like, let me redeem it. You may have to forgive somebody to let go of it. But if you let go, if you forgive, I'm going to redeem this and turn this pain into something powerful. And what you're left with also is a testimony. Because, of course, not everybody can relate to a loss of maybe a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife, or whatever it is. But your story, when redeemed by God, somebody, God will line your path up. Somebody has gone through loss and you're maybe some stages ahead and you can say, I know what you're going through. Because you're playing pain, you now have a, a platform to speak into someone else's life who suffered loss. What an honor to be able to have that platform, to be able to speak into someone's life with humility, with grace. As I know what I I know what it's like to go through something similar to what you're going through. Not to diminish their own pain, but to, to, to grieve with those who grieve, mourn with those who mourn, and celebrate with those who celebrate. To be able to do both well. Verse 6 from 1 Peter says, In all this you can greatly rejoice. For a while you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come to the provenness of your genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may Result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. Such good stuff. And I was talking to Sarah about it this week. I said, babe, I'm you know, preaching on grief on Sunday. I said, it's something I don't have a ton of experience in. And I really don't know. She said, yeah. She's like, you know, you have all your family. She's like, I lost my mom. She's like, I think about my mom every single day and grieve her. And it was just kind of eye-opening. I was like, wow, it's crazy. And the closest thing I had in, in my story was, um, and some of y'all know some of my family. My sister Christy, they have they had three kids. Actually, I have a fourth now. That's a little spoiler alert. But they had um, a baby, um, Hezekiah, and he was born really, really, really early, like twenty some weeks. And he lived about nine months. And you're just like hopeful, and every day you're praying for him. And I remember the day that he passed, and it was such a, it was such a like God, really, why, why would you allow him to be here nine months and then and to pass? And I seriously still cannot look at any pictures. My mom, my mom and them, they've kind of celebrated and moved forward and praised really well. And it's, I, that's a small space in my life that I can go, man, I feel like I'm almost stuck in an area of, I don't get it. God, it's so sensitive, I can't look at pictures. Or I'm literally like the guy in the corner like, nope, I'm good, everything's fine. But I know it, in a small degree, what it's like to get almost stuck in a place of, and I'm not like mad at God, I'm disappointed, but it's too hard to even... I can't bring it up. Avoid it. Please completely. Can we never? Mom, don't bring me pictures. I still can't see even though it's been several years. But for the first time just a few weeks ago, I had a slightly different perspective as my sister was pregnant again. And they just gave birth like two and a half weeks ago to a little baby girl named Lael. Um, yeah, this is a, a celebration. And I'm just like, God, there was a, another side. And they didn't get stuck in their grief. I may have. They didn't get stuck in their grief and they moved forward and they trusted you and you brought fruitfulness and you brought healing and, and to sit down and talk to them and, and just be a brother and I had to be a pastor. Like, how in the world are y'all dealing with this? Because I'm not. You know, you just had that moment, you're like, I'm not doing well at all. How are you doing so good? And they actually gave me a grief book called Good Grief or Grieving Well or something. I was like, why am I with the one with the grief book? What's going on? <laughs> but we all have things in our life that can be that place where we just get hung up. I don't know how to look at this. I don't know how to acknowledge this. I don't know how to move forward. So that's my very small, not to diminish anyone else's story or way greater pain. But I, in some small way, I know what it's like to get stuck. Just now I can't. No, no, can't look at it. Too painful. 
And I can't imagine in, in a way larger scale other people the thing that maybe feels like you're stuck. Or I can't talk about it, can't think about it. I'm literally, I'm just going to get too emotional. But God wants to move us forward to place of healing. And today I can't say exactly how it looks, but he does give us some tools here. Um, here's, here's the thought, point number two, is that remember that God didn't cause your pain. And I'm, I'm going to give you the second half, but God didn't cause your pain today. You may be disappointed and, and have trusted God for more. But God, I believe you're a healer. I believe you could have saved that life. I believe you could have intervened. I believe you could have changed the direction, the narrative of the story. But God didn't cause your pain, but He can use it if you allow Him. If you allow Him. Maybe there's somebody very specifically you can blame for your pain today. A person, a place, something that was overlooked, somebody been paying attention, somebody knew, somebody with a doctor would have caught that. Maybe, there's, maybe there is somebody to blame. And, and for us, the responsibility is swinging back to forgiveness and being able to, to be able to forgive. Really hard one, but it'll set you free. You're not letting someone off the hook. You're letting yourself be able to move forward. And forgiveness. We can get hung up and caught back in a place because what happened to us or where we're disappointed. I'm going to have Anna come back because I probably, yeah, probably need to keep moving. God didn't cause your pain, but He can use it. Verse 8, though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. If you're stuck, God says just ahead of you is an inexpressible and glorious joy. Because your word says so. We need to, but that's, that's spiritual maturity is, not because I feel it, but God, because your word says so, if there's an inexpressible, glorious joy right around the corner, I'm not going to cut this journey short. Suicide thoughts have no place in my story in Jesus' name. And if they do, if they're in your story, you can acknowledge it. Because, I mean, this is a struggle, and it takes a lot of courage to admit that to someone. And what that someone should do is say, well, I'm going to stand with you in Jesus' name. We're going we're gonna to call the devil's plans null and void in your life. And I'm not going to shame you for feeling some kind of way. It's called being a human being. You're going to have bad thoughts from time to time. I think people are so afraid of being shamed. But the Word of God says those who put their trust in the Lord will never be put to shame. That should result in such brutal honesty amongst church people. Man, every time I trust in God, He doesn't shame me. How could you think that? Oh, really? oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I thought we were all supposed to have it together in here. No! I think it's a place of honesty, transparency, and protecting each other's confidences. Say, I got you. I know what you're walking with. I'm going to keep praying for you. Keep moving forward. And nobody's going to hold anything over you. For being honest, then we can walk with people. And you can say, hey, I've been, I've been there. I felt that way too. Come on, we're going to keep moving forward. I've dealt with those thoughts and those feelings. And we walk with someone moving forward. God wants to keep us moving forward. Though you've not seen Him, you love Him. There's this inexpressible joy available to us. As Christ followers, if we go back to a karate analogy, we should have our black belt in hope. Put our black belt on you know, it comes through scars and, and, and just through life trials, maybe getting beat up a little bit. We go, you know, but I know there's hope. We don't grieve as those who have no hope. We have a hope in Jesus. Romans 15, 13 says this. May the God of hope, while even kind of titling him, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him. As you trust him. I'm taking a step. I'm showing up. I'm back in church next week. And then I'm back in church again. And I'm going to come to a small group. And I'm going to keep... This is my act of as I trust Him. As 
you trust him, he says you'll be filled with joy. As you trust him, you'll be filled with hope. But you've got to keep showing up. You've got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. It's the, it's the most spiritual thing you can do, but it doesn't feel very spiritual. It's just, I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get off the couch. I'm going to be with people. I'm not going to alienate myself. I'm not going to keep myself secluded. I'm going to get out and get in fellowship with people where people can check on me. Followers of Christ, we should have hope. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Big lean into the Holy Spirit. You don't have enough positive thoughts. You're a great person. You're inspirational. You're exciting. But the Holy Spirit is the only one that can give you this unexpressed, just overexpression of joy and hope. It's the Holy Spirit. We have to be desperate for power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of Him in us. Say, God, I feel so weak, but because of your Spirit, I'm strong. And I see what Paul is saying, when I'm weak, then I'm made strong because who lives inside of me? Because who is filling me? It's the Holy Spirit made accessible to us. End of the Karate Kid story, because we all wanted to wrap up. How does it end? What happened next? Mr. Miyagi has a drop the mic moment. Daniel's done all these things, and Daniel's feeling like a dummy. He's like, oh my gosh, you've been training me the whole time not to, not to take advantage of me, not to let me get beat up and get sore, go home discouraged. That's not, you trained me something. He's just there like, oh man. I mean, I can tell him one thing. He tells him one thing. He says, uh, come back tomorrow. <laughs> Very simple. Come back tomorrow. The lesson continues. And all of a sudden, Danielson kind of went home and he was like, oh my gosh, I was like mouthing off to this guy. I couldn't believe. We all had those moments with God. He's like, come back tomorrow. There's more to be learned. I'm not through with you. You may have had a light bulb moment. That means come back tomorrow. Stay in the faith. Stay in fellowship. Stay in the game. One foot in front of the other. You messed up, get back up. So you saw someone mess up or fall down, pick them up. Come back tomorrow. Mr. Miyagi. Danielson, get up. Come back tomorrow. Simple, simple direction. Come back tomorrow. Point number three. What do you think is going to be? Come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. Overly simple. Come back tomorrow. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. Let's bow our heads and pray this morning. God, we thank you today that, that uh, you've given us the Holy Spirit to lean into. And I pray for everyone here today. I can't imagine, um, you know, in a room this size, maybe the loss, the grief, the uh, disappointment that people are dealing with. Can't even begin to imagine, God, but I thank you that you can. I thank you that your Holy Spirit sees and knows all things. And God, I thank you that you meet us even in our maybe deepest point of grief, maybe someone even at their deepest level of depression. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is powerful enough to pierce through all darkness, God, and bring light, bring hope. Thank you today, Jesus, where maybe somebody's just got wrapped up and, and, and smothered and they can barely just put one foot in front of the other because of a depression or a suicidal you know, mindset that they live in. I pray for freedom today in Jesus' name, God. I thank you today, Lord, also that we just expose that there is an enemy, there is a devil whose plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. So we just expose those lies in Jesus' name today. Those lies that say, life will not get better. It's only going to get worse from here. There is no other side. Let me tell you today that there is another side in Jesus' name. The devil loved to cut you off right at your moment of breakthrough. How many people have ended their lives right at the edge of the greatest breakthrough in their life? So today in Jesus' name, I speak life over any place where there's contemplation of taking your own, of ending your own, secluding yourself. The devil loves to get you alone because you were an easy target. Keep showing up. Keep showing up to the small group, to your life, for your family. Keep showing up in your family. 
God's not through with your story today. And if you're here today and you're like, man, oh man, I, I, I could use that infusion of hope in my life. Let me tell you that it comes from Jesus. It comes from forgiveness, asking for the forgiveness of your sins. Life is a whole lot easier when the shame the devil's been manipulating with you with is no longer held over your head. When the guilt he's been holding over you, beating you up with every single day because of the stuff you did, the stuff you said. When that those voices are silenced because of forgiveness, you can say, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has come. The, the new has come. The old is gone. When you're reminded of God's word and you're equipped with the keys to say, you know what? That's who I was. This is who I am because of Jesus. Let me give you an invitation right now. If you've never received that free gift of salvation, or maybe you say, hey, I've received it, but I've kind of walked away from my faith. I've kind of walked away from relationship with God. I'll just give you an invitation through a simple prayer of saying, I'm going to walk back into that right now. Eyes closed and heads bowed just for transparency and privacy. If that's you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you'd like to pray along with that prayer this morning and invite Jesus into your life and forgiveness to be applied to your story. But with eyes closed and his back, we just pop a hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Count me in that prayer this morning. Say, I want to I want to receive that salvation, that gift of salvation today. I want to pray with you right now. With eyes closed, heads back, if that's you, just pop a hand up right now. I want to lead you in prayer. Thank you. Thank you. If you raise your hand, you can set it back down. I just want to give it an opportunity. If there's anyone else here and you're like, I don't know, I, man, I'd rather I'd rather want to know for sure. Knowing that I'm leaving with a fresh infusion of hope in my life. If that's you, you say, I want to be included. Just pop a hand up if you haven't already. I would love to count you in on this prayer. And church, let's all of us repeat this prayer out loud together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me unconditionally. I ask you to forgive me my sins. I thank you for a fresh start. Thank you for believing in me. Even when I don't believe in myself. Thanks for having good plans for me. I ask you to show them to me. I choose to live my life for you from this day forward. Thank you for grace and mercy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from Relate Church. If you'd like to support the ministry of Relate Church, you can do so at irelate.tv forward slash give.